Broadcasting from the Superbook Sports Studios, KTUS AM 1060, Tempe, Phoenix, and KSLX HD2, Scottsdale, Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point, featuring Kayla Mortelaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. As always, you can follow along with us online at kdos1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It's a Monday. It's April 24th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today as we typically do. Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. NFL Draft Week, it's here. Round number one gets started on Thursday. So we'll certainly have plenty of NFL Draft discussion today and throughout the week. Also, the Phoenix Suns, they went up 3-1 on the Clippers with a Saturday afternoon contest. But let's first do what we typically do and let's uh, set the scene with today's poll questions. And the first question coming to you from the KDOS1060.com website. Bob, you'll be happy to know the uh, 100% of the vote has uh, shifted. We're, we've, we've got a more closely contested vote now. The question here, are the Suns playing well through four games of the first round series versus the Clippers? Yes and no. No leading the way at 56% of the vote. Yes trailing at 44%. Yeah, that's a little better. I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of the lopsided poll question voting. So uh, that's, uh, you know, if there's a person who does most of these poll questions, that's kind of a goal is to 50 you know, 50 is a good thing so we're getting close there we go we'll answer this question around 11:30, and still time for you to vote as well flipping this on over to twitter at kdos am 1060 should the cardinals find a better trade than dealing the third pick to the steelers for the 17th pick and at least two other 2023 selections yes leading the way here 84.2 percent of the vote no trailing at 15.8 percent yeah, that's uh, you know, another. Uh, you know, there's lots of. You know, this is the week where there's all kinds of smoke going on. This the uh, Cardinals Steelers thing seemed to kind of. Uh, I saw it two or three different places, so it's uh, at least rumored to be out there. Let's put it that way. We'll get into this a little bit later on in the program as well. Uh, Sean Devaney of Heavy.com, he's set to talk NBA playoffs with us around 10-15. We'll get into the Suns here momentarily, but I do just want to briefly touch on some of the speculation surrounding the Arizona Cardinals and with pick number three and uh, one of the poll questions today pertaining to it. Lots of different, uh, you know, this certainly is going to ramp up the period of time of all the different smoke screens and who's, who's saying what based upon who has the ear of who whose organization uh one of the things that was mentioned on friday as monty austinfort and jonathan gannon did meet the media was discussing fielding calls for the number three overall pick and as coy as you could possibly be monty austinfort said there have been discussions i'd say as far back as the combine it was pretty preliminary back then it stated it started to pick up here and i'd say it would continue to pick up as we get closer 
closer to Thursday night. If you go back to April 10th, Adam Schefter reported that at least six teams have inquired about the pick. Uh, You then also have Jonathan Gannon making jokes that all 31 other teams have inquired about the pick. But I'd have to say here that it seems like we're headed in a direction here where something is going to happen on draft day, but it's going to be after a decision is made with the number two overall pick with the Texans. Right, and uh, a lot of speculation that Will Anderson is going to be their guy with the number two pick in Houston. And, uh, you know, maybe I and others, and certainly I've apparently have fallen into this thing, but you know, I did a lot of draft research over the weekend. And, you know, watching Alabama, I mean, you know, I'm a college football fan. I watch uh, games from basically, you know, 9 a.m. to you know, midnight during the college football season every Saturday. And there's no question, at least production-wise or impact-wise, that Anderson was better two seasons ago at Alabama than he was last year. I did not know. He actually, you know, I, I, knew, I did know that they changed their scheme some and they moved him around a lot more. But because their defense wasn't as good and they didn't have as many other impact players, he had 100 fewer quarterback pressure situations in 2022 than he did 2021. A hundred. That's a huge difference. So maybe I and others, and certainly I think I have been, uh, a little harsh on Anderson's production from last year. He just wasn't put in position to make as many plays uh, as he was the year before, and plus the players around here weren't nearly as good. Uh, so we'll certainly get into more around the NFL draft. And I happened to catch Peter King's football morning in America. And uh, it, it definitely doesn't go along with most of the other mock drafts I've seen. So we can certainly dive into that a little bit later on. Uh, but getting ourselves ready for Sean Devaney of Heavy.com to chat NBA playoffs with us around 10:15. Let's go back to Saturday afternoon with the Suns uh, topping the Clippers 112 to 100. They're coming back home Tuesday with a 3-1 series lead by the numbers. Kevin Durant, 31 points, 9 of 17, 3 of 4 from 3. He was 10 of 11 from the foul line with 11 boards. Devin Booker added 30 points, 10 of 21, 3 of 6 from 3, 7 of 8 from the foul line, 9 rebounds and 7 assists. And Chris Paul here, 19 points, 8 of 17, 3 of 6 from 3. But it was the Chris Paul show with 12 of his 19 coming in that fourth quarter. Yeah, and as usual, excellent game as far as efficiency goes. Nine assists, zero turnovers. Yeah, he's had uh, – yeah, they were plus 21 when he was on the floor. That was best of any individual on either team. And uh, you know, he's really uh, – in, in two, two of the three wins, he's been really tremendous in the fourth quarter of those games. So there's that. And uh, unfortunately – yeah, with no Leonard, and I think it's pretty unlikely that he plays tomorrow. At least that's my that's my guess, but it's the Clippers. So trying to figure out the Clippers' injury situation has been kind of a, you know, a, a mixed bag for like two or three years running now, whether it be Leonard or you know, Paul George or somebody else. But uh, you know, the Suns, uh, should, they should finish this thing off tomorrow night and just uh, – Move along, and I guess the Suns got the, you know some good news to some extent. Uh, the Nuggets didn't sweep that series uh, against uh, Minnesota, so the Nuggets have to play at least one more game. 
Uh, that is, in fact, true. You know, you were talking about how the Clippers haven't been 100% forthright with injuries for the last several years here and now certainly uh, unsure of Kawhi Leonard's status for Tuesday night. Is some of that, though, maybe just from Kawhi's camp in general? So maybe the Clippers don't even know what's going on? I have no idea. I really did not, you know, they just, you know, two years ago, they just flat lied to everybody because the dude had a torn ACL and they said he was day to day. Uh, so, you know, it's hard for me to really side on the Kawhi camp here, considering we know that history of the Clippers from just two seasons ago. So there's that. I mean, certainly when he was in San Antonio at the end of that uh, situation before he went to Toronto, I mean, there was. A whole lot of stuff going on from the Kawhi camp and you know San Antonio. Depending on who you believe, you just got kind of sick of all the stuff, uh, which had to be pretty sickening considering how good a player he was towards the end of his time in San Antonio. In the Saturday contest for the Clippers, though, it was the Russell Westbrook show. 37 points, 17 of 29, 3 of 6 from 3. That's probably a few too many shot opportunities, though, despite 37 points. And and clearly this Clippers team would be in a world of trouble if Russell Westbrook and that trade wasn't made. But probably diversifying it a little bit would have been more beneficial for the Clippers. Yeah, I guess. But who's going to shoot it? I mean, you know, you know. You know, Powell's not going to score 42 points every game. Uh, but, you know, a lot of uh, the Westbrook offense is him. He just blows by whoever's trying to guard him for the Suns, whichever perimeter defender it is. He either just beats them to the spot and gets to the paint or just bullies them. And, uh, you know, he's had his way as far as at the offensive end of the floor. I mean, he pretty much is going anywhere he wants to go anytime. Uh, Also, this is interesting here because a lot was made in the regular season with the free throw disparity that was taking place for the Suns not getting to the foul line very often. And certainly it had caused, you know, Monty Williams to speak out about it. But if you look specifically at Saturday and if you look into this this series so far, uh, Saturday, the Suns were 21 of 27 from the foul line and the Clippers were just 8 of 10. Uh, So certainly the Suns won that free throw contest and Getting to the line certainly paid dividends for them. Well, they're plus 50 in made free throws for the series, plus 5-0, 50 uh, so far. And, you know, there's no George and there's no Leonard. So, I mean, how many guys the Clippers actually, they have a lot of jump shooters for the most part. Other than Russ, who are you going to foul? And Russ didn't even go to the line on Saturday. His 37 points came everywhere else. Uh, bench minutes for the Suns. Josh Okogie, 25 minutes, 6 points. Bismarck Biombo, 12 minutes, 3 points. Damian Lee, 14 minutes. Uh, he was 0 for 1, 0 points. Landry Shamit, 5 minutes, 0 for 2, 0 points. Yeah, this hasn't changed. In my opinion, the only guy that should ever get meaningful minutes in the postseason and uh, you know, close game meaningful, I guess, means close uh, you know, it basically is Biombo, who has you know a redeeming quali- uh, qualities as a defender and rebounder. Uh, other than that, I really have no reason for any of these other guys to be on the floor. Akogi, uh, his defense has been atrocious at times in this series. He was part of the you know he wasn't just the only he wasn't the only guy, but he was part of the the Pal 42 point explosion, uh, trying to slow him down. So, you know, that's the way it goes. And as I mentioned uh, last week and also in the sports zone, I really don't care how many minutes these guys are playing during the, uh, as long as it's a, 
if they're not the, the to me the worst thing in the postseason is you you blow games and you lose games and extend series. Yeah, I don't care how many games. If you play a five-game series and people are averaging the 40s, whatever. I don't think that's a big deal at all. If you're playing seven games and you're wasting games and losing games you should win, and those dudes are then playing you know, 40 minutes plus in those series, that's a big deal. The Suns will play looking to close out the series on Tuesday, 7 p.m. We'll pop on out to the KDOS hotline here next chat with Sean Devaney of heavy.com get his perception of the NBA playoffs so far uh, this Suns and Clippers series in addition to the Kings and the Warriors that's all tied up at two apiece now the 76ers sweeping the nets but what's going on with Joel Embiid and uh, the games tonight as well with the Heat and the Bucks and the Lakers and the Grizzlies. So we'll talk with Sean Devaney about all things NBA playoffs on the other side of the break. It is the Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060, KDOS1060.com, and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. downloaded the KTUS 1060 app yet? Download today and get all of your favorite local and national shows right on your phone. Welcome back to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, you can follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. We pop on out to the KDOS hotline as we're joined by Sean Devaney, Heavy.com's editor, to talk all things NBA playoffs. Sean, it's Bob and Kayla with you on this Monday. How are you? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? We're doing pretty well also. Uh, the NBA playoffs, they're squarely underway. And, and let's start here with the local team, the Phoenix Suns. They now have a 3-1 lead on the Clippers. Look to close it out on Tuesday night. Devin Booker led the way in games two and three. Chris Paul took it over in game four in the fourth quarter. So as you've been watching this Suns team play, what has surprised you most about how they've had to win games? Well, you know, I mean, uh, I think the, the fact that Kevin Booker uh, really is in position to shine with with Kevin Durant out there. I, you know, he, he draws so much defensive attention. Uh, we've seen that from the Clippers. Uh, you know, really trying to figure out how do we double uh, on to Kevin Durant or give him the extra attention that that he requires uh, without you know just leaving uh, Devin Booker wide open for uh, for shots and for drives. Uh, that's that's really a, a, a huge huge issue for anybody playing this team. Uh, and I think we've seen Devin Booker really take advantage of that. You know, he's getting uh, the kind of freedom and the kind of looks he hasn't had during his time uh, in uh, uh, in Phoenix. There's not many better players uh, that you could put on the Suns that would draw more attention than Devin Booker, but Kevin Durant is one of them. And, uh, and I think you really see him uh, uh, taking advantage of that. So, uh, you know, he's been really great. Torrey Craig, uh, you know, was uh, uh, was. Uh, you know, rumored to be on the trade mill and and all that, but uh, uh, but he managed to stick with the team, and now he's in the starting lineup. He's been shooting the ball uh, really, really well. Um, you know, just just they seem to have everything uh, really well lined up in terms of at least in the starting five. Bench maybe a different uh, uh, different situation, but uh, at least in the starting five, they've looked terrific. Okay, so obviously, you know, Kawhi's missed the last two games. Paul George hasn't played in the series. 
do we think the Suns are really playing well in this series? Or are they just kind of beating a team that is, you know, shorthanded and without its two best players? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's, it's hard to say. Uh, obviously, you know, uh, Norman Powell getting uh, uh, getting the kind of numbers that that, that he did. Uh, uh, you know, that that you could certainly uh, question some of that. But look, you know, you go on the road in, in the playoffs and you win a couple games. Uh, you know, you've got to uh, uh, you've got to take it where you can find it. So, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, are they playing well? You know, I think they could probably be better defensively. That might be uh, the one issue that uh, uh, that winds up uh, uh, cropping up for them as they move forward. Uh, but you know, certainly offensively, I think uh, uh, I think they're heading on all cylinders at this point. Sean Devaney, Heavy.com here on KDOS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. Uh, Russell Westbrook, without him, the Clippers would be in deep trouble. His hustle plays, his scoring, uh, maybe game four, the Clippers, he had too many shots. But again, he's been really a catalyst for this team. How should we look at Westbrook's game across his career? It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard because he's, he's sort of built for 10 years ago you know i had 10 years ago russell westbrook uh you know if he had if he had if his career had started 10 years earlier uh you know he would have been perfect when there was more isolation basketball and uh and 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 more just getting into stars more Allen iverson type play um and and it's it's just not that way now and, and he's a very talented player but he's uh, uh a square peg in a round hole and um uh, you know he'll, he'll be a Hall of Famer just because of the numbers he's put up and the, the triple double stuff and all that. Uh, but uh, you know it, it, he's going to be remembered as somebody who is difficult to win with because uh, when you have him on your team, you really have to have everything revolve around him. If it doesn't, then you're not going to be successful. You know you've got to have players who kind of support what he does, and and it's just not teams that are going to build their, themselves that way anymore. So. Uh, you know he's 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 a little bit of a fish out of water. That's all I'll always think of him as. Uh, uh, you know, just a huge, huge talent, but uh, uh, but 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 born too late. You know, <laughs> he should have been. Uh, if he had come up in 2004, he would have been. Uh, uh, he'd have been a star for sure. Yeah, I would propose that the NBA make this Warriors Kings series like a best of 15 series. Uh, unfortunately, where at least it's a best of three. Uh, so, you know, what do you think happens in uh, the rest of the Kings and Warriors series? Yeah, I mean, the, the big question is going to be, can Golden State go road and actually win a game? I mean, they were the fourth worst team uh, on the road uh, this year. And, and, and you look at their defensive numbers, they were 10 points worse per game defensively uh, on the road. Uh, and, you know, it, it's just really hard to figure out uh, you, you know why that happens to them, and 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 whether they could turn it around in the playoffs. Now, you know, you talk to a lot of coaches and scouts and such, and they say, uh, you know, the Warriors uh, uh, with their experience level should be able to do that. Uh, you know, go on the road and 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 win a game. Uh, but you know, the Kings, I think, have been surprising in that this has not been a team that's shown up and said, "Hey, we haven't been to the playoffs in 17 years. We're happy to be here." Uh, we'll, we'll gladly just bow out to the defending champs. I mean, the Kings have really been, uh, you know, De'Aaron Fox and and, uh, and Malik Monk off the bench, uh, Sabonis. Uh, you know, I mean, they've they've really played uh, a high high level of basketball and and uh, uh, and haven't been haven't been afraid of the stage. You know, even though most of these guys have never really been in the playoffs before. So uh, yeah, you know, it's 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 really been a very very entertaining series. 
you know, the fact that they're down the road from each other helps. Uh, and, 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 you know, you have sort of the class of the NBA and then you have sort of the Drakes of the NBA uh, squaring off in the first round. It's, it's, it's really uh, it's been a fantastic series. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, but the big thing is, you know, can the Warriors go on the road uh, and actually win a game? A team that was 11-30 and 30, uh, on the road uh, this season, they've got to find a way to change that, obviously, if they're going to have any chance here. Sean Devaney, Heavy.com here on KDOS AM 1060 in the extra point. Uh, great news for the Suns. The Nuggets went into overtime, and the Timberwolves forced a game five back in Denver. So was this more of just a desperation attempt by the Timberwolves to avoid getting swept? And uh, the Nuggets, I would expect them to come back out and take care of game five. Yeah, I you know I, I I'd be surprised. Uh, uh, you know, obviously an overtime game, uh, uh, you know, playing for your for your whole season. Um, you know, I'd be surprised if, if the Nuggets don't go back and and finish this thing off. They've they've they've, they've got uh, uh, everybody healthy. Uh, they've got their full complement. Uh, you know, Jokic was terrific last night. Uh, almost carried them uh, uh, to a win where 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 most of the guys uh, were struggling. Um, so yeah, the Nuggets right now they've they've looked much better uh, than they did to kind of to close out the season, and it's hard to say whether that's a matter of Minnesota's just not very good uh, or the Nuggets are really playing great. Uh, but uh, but yeah, that's 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 going to be a team that is is going to be a real challenge uh, for the Suns, uh, assuming we see that uh, uh, assuming we see that matchup in the next round. It sure seems that Denver, you mentioned the good health. That's obviously been a problem with them in the postseason in recent years. But they have a much better bench. They've added some veteran players. It seems like you know, certainly defensively their numbers are better. So do we expect them uh, to be tougher in this postseason, or tougher out in the postseason than they have been? Yeah, I would I would say so. You know, obviously it's, it's been health has been their big issue uh, in the postseason in the past, but uh, you know, their they're, they're starting five uh, is really, really solid. They're versatile. They can do a bunch of different things. You know, Aaron Gordon is such a good uh, glue guy who does, does, uh, <clears throat> who's able to, uh, uh, you know, play defensively, score when he needs to, a good passer. Uh, then, of course, you know, Porter Jr., who's finally been healthy. Uh, we know what Jokic can do. Uh, Jamal Murray, healthy. Uh, and and Gatavius Caldwell-Pope is another guy kind of like Aaron Gordon who can, you know, do a lot of things defensively and knock down shots if you leave them open. So that starting five is, 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 is really uh, uh, is really tough when they're all uh, healthy and, and, and playing together. And then, yeah, you mentioned the best. You know, you've got Bruce Brown and uh, Christian Braun, the rookie out of Kansas, has done really good for them as well. So, yeah, they go eight deep, and, and, uh, and, and, and that's, that's, that, that's a challenge for a team like the Suns, which, you know, when you get into the fence, they get really shaky. Over in the East, the 76ers swept the Nets, but the news regarding Joel Embiid wasn't great. As Doc Rivers said, his chances of being ready to start the next series were about 50%. So can the 76ers win without Embiid, and what does that do to the fact that this seems like an all-important year for the 76ers to finally get past the second round? Yeah, this has been sort of the, the story of, of, of their time with uh, uh, with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and and. and uh, you know the process. Uh, all, those all the six teams that we've seen have struggled with injury when it comes when it comes down to the playoffs and when it comes down to uh, the big moments where they need wins. Uh, and you know this is this is just another thing. And you know I mean Joel Embiid since coming into the league has been you know injury has been the number one issue with him. And and uh, you know part of the thing if you build your team around somebody else 
trouble staying healthy, then you know when you get to the uh, when you get to crunch time here, you can't be surprised that he has trouble staying healthy. And and that's that's sort of where the Sixers are. They don't really have a chance. Uh, you know, assuming they uh, uh, they they wind up with Boston next, they they wouldn't have a chance without Joel and Embiid. Uh, you know, Boston matches up really well with them, uh, even with Embiid, but uh, uh, but without Embiid, it. it, it becomes really, really tough for the Sixers. So much has been built around him. Uh, you know, James Harden has been good as a distributor, but he has really struggled shooting the ball uh, in the playoffs and, and going back to the regular season even. Uh, and and, and is, it doesn't look to be the scorer that he has traditionally been. You know, Maxi has been really, really good. Tobias Harris has been really, really good. But that, that those guys are only good because they're able to feed off Joel Embiid. Without him, the Sixers would be in some serious trouble. Okay, I want to flip back to the West here. I want to make sure we cover Lakers and Grizzlies. Have people talked too much about Dylan Brooks? He's just kind of you know, he's a fun guy to you know do whatever you want to do with. Uh, and also the Lakers, who I've bagged on for most of the season, are, are they a threat behind beyond this series? Uh, and um, you know, moving forward in the West. Yeah, I mean, I think you've got to consider them a threat. You know, I mean, just just when when you look at the. Uh, what they've been able to do and, 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 you know, when, when they've been healthy, when they've had uh, Anthony Davis, LeBron James healthy and this new crew that they brought in uh, at the, uh, uh, at the trade deadline, you know, guys like uh, D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley and uh, I can keep this going off here, sorry. Um, but, but yeah, guys like Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, uh, Rui Hachimura, you know, the guys that they brought in at the, at the, uh, uh, trade deadline have been great, and and the, the trades that they made open up a way for uh, Austin Reeves to get in the starting five, and he's been great. So, yeah, the Lakers right now, uh, you have to consider them uh, uh, at least one of the top challengers. You know, I think it's definitely Phoenix and Denver as the top teams, but uh, I don't think you can count out the Lakers uh, in all of that. Uh, so yeah, this this is this is definitely uh, uh, a team that 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 could be from the number seven seed could be a team that that makes a surprise run at least to the conference final. Sean Devaney, Heavy.com here on KDOS AM 1060 in the extra points. The other game that gets things started tonight uh, is the Bucks and the Heat. Giannis listed as questionable for tonight's game. However, the the line maybe suggests that Giannis might be able to play. The Heat do hold a 2-1 series lead on the Bucks. Bad news for Victor Oladipo. Man, just feel terrible for him and his career. The injuries tore his patellar tendon in his left knee. Uh, so what do the Bucks need to do to get this 2-2 tonight and, and take care of business? Yeah, you know, uh, they, they've got to play better defense. Uh, they've got to guard the three-point line. You know, Miami is not a very good three-point shooting team, uh, but they've shot 50% from the three-point line in the first three games. And, and, you know, you just can't have that. You're not going to win if you're if you're allowing that. So they've got to get much better defensively. That's supposed to be one of the calling cards of the Bucks. I think they've kind of uh, taken the heat lightly in the first three games, and we've seen where that, that has gotten them. Uh, certainly, if they're not going to play with uh, Giannis, or if he's not going to be 100, percent then uh, then you're going to need more from guys like Middleton and uh, uh, Drew Holiday. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I think the big big, big thing for uh, Milwaukee right now is the defensive end. They they have just not defended that three point line very well, uh, and Miami's uh, uh, been, been been torching them from uh, uh, from the arc really throughout the series. All right, the Knicks are up three-one against the Cavs. Are the Cavs just simply too inexperienced, or or is their, their performance thus far disappointing in this series? Yeah, I mean, I'd say it's disappointing. I, I this is 
this season, even with as good as Donovan Mitchell has been, I think one thing that we've seen is that, you know, Evan Mobley, I don't think, really took many steps forward. Darius Garland didn't take many, very, very many steps forward. Uh, and so, you know, Cleveland, I, I think they, they, they probably should have expected more. Uh, but they didn't. They didn't really give their other guys much opportunity to get better, and I, and I think they're paying a price for that now. Uh, you know, the Knicks are not a better team in terms of talent, but they've been better in terms of hustle, in terms of uh, you know getting loose balls, getting offensive rebounds, uh, you know, scrapping on defense, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and uh, and and the Cavaliers, that's 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 wiped out their talent advantage. Uh, so yeah, this is. Uh, I, I, I'm really surprised that that Cleveland uh, uh, hasn't been much better. Uh, but uh, uh, but yeah, I, I, I say experience level, but also I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about the long-term development of their uh, of their young guys and, and whether bringing in Donovan Mitchell might stunt their growth a little bit because I think a guy like Evan Mobley, uh, you know, should be uh, uh, should be an All-Star caliber player by next year, uh, and I'm not sure that's going to happen if uh, uh, if if he doesn't take some steps forward. One more on this Knicks uh, and Cavs. Julius Randle, he uh, definitely was struggling 3 of 10 from the floor. Did Tibbs making the call to kind of keep him on the bench and ride with uh, 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 Oppen there surprise you at all? Yeah, you know, uh, he, he's done that, though, and, and, and Randle's had the, uh, uh, the bad ankle. Um, so, you know, it's... It, 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 it surprised me a little bit, uh, and and uh, you know it, it's been something that uh, you know when push comes to shove, Tibbs always tends to go back to the veterans. Uh, but you know in the playoffs, you, you can't really play that game. You got to go with uh, uh, with what's working, and uh, uh, and certainly he did that. And uh, you know they get the win, and Randall's been around long enough. I think he's professional about it. I don't think it'd be a problem, uh, but. Uh, uh, but yeah, that's that, that that does go a little bit against what uh, uh, what Tibbs has done in the past. Sean, as always, we greatly appreciate you taking some time, and we look forward to doing it again as the playoffs roll on. Okay, thanks, guys. Once again, he is Sean Devaney there, uh, heavy.com. And in the games tonight, you have uh, uh, the Bucks and the Heat, and then you also have the Grizzlies and the Lakers. The, the Grizzlies, though, John Morant, 45 points. I mean, you, that was a crazy game because they were up the Lakers 35 to nine uh, after the first quarter, not even a contest. And then jaw ends up going off for 45, including what? 22 straight made by jaw there in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I think that that game was a stat stuff, a uh, filler or whatever that Clark Kellogg phrase is. Uh, you know, there was, it was 33 to nine in this game. At one point, so Morant decided I'm going to get mine, and nobody else could make a shot for Memphis, and Brooks got ejected, and yeah, you know, I don't think the Clippers, excuse me, the Lakers even really cared. Uh, just you know, let's just get the game over with and have nobody get hurt by the end of the game. Your calls next: 602-260-1060. If you'd like to get into the program, it's the extra point. Check out the Doug Gottlieb Show Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. right here on KDUS AM 1060. Thanks to 
Sean Devaney of Heavy.com for joining us in the previous segment. If you missed any of the conversation with Sean regarding the NBA playoffs, you can always podcast over at KDOS1060.com or with the new KDOS1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It's the Extra Point. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro with you up until noon today as we typically do. Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Phone call time if you'd like it. 602-260-1060. We'll get to you in this segment. Uh, when it comes to the Arizona Diamondbacks, though, Bob, you were concerned that this series against the Padres would uh, result in a 1-3 series for the Diamondbacks, winning only Zach Gallen's start. And, well, that is exactly what happened. Zach Gallen, though, he was masterful once again. Seven innings pitched, two hits, no runs, and 11 strikeouts in his start. Three consecutive scoreless starts for him. I believe it's now 29 strikeouts and one walk over that stretch. Unfortunately, he's really the only guy that gives them a chance to win. Uh, Merrill Kelly, uh, is uh, he walked five more hitters on Saturday night. He's allowed, you know, he allowed four runs in five innings in that game. It was a 5-3 loss to the Padres. And his... Yeah, his numbers are just not good, and they would have been, he would have been a much worse. They they made three outstanding defensive plays on Saturday night, or they would have given up, or he would have given up more than five losses. They've only won two of his five starts so far. He hasn't not he hasn't pitched more than six innings in any start. He's thrown a ton of pitches because he's been falling behind in the count. He has 13 walks and 21 strikeouts for the season so far. He's walked at least four hitters in all but one of those starts. Um, uh, he has not been anywhere near what he was towards the end of last season. Uh, yeah, so then we also have yesterday a 7-5 loss for the Diamondbacks. Dre Jamison, 43 pitches, one inning pitch, three hits, three runs, three walks, and one strikeout here. The Diamondbacks on the, the bats, they tried to battle back in the 7th and the 8th, but it just wasn't enough. Something that you pointed out, noticed it again, Nick Ahmed at the plate uh, with a home run in the 7th. Yeah, he's been good. And uh, as I mentioned uh you know, they. I think they need to look into trading him as soon as possible because he's obviously a tremendous defensive player. That's never been an issue. He seems to be healthy coming off the multiple you know arm shoulder problems that he had last year, which resulted in surgery. And there are several contending teams in Major League Baseball uh, that could certainly use an upgrade in middle infield and specifically shortstop. If you're saying you're the Atlanta Braves. Uh, so I think that there's uh, suitors out there, and I really wouldn't wait until a trade deadline. If you can find a deal for Ahmed, do it now. Uh, the Diamondbacks, they will start a three-game series against the Royals. Brad Keller on the mound. He's 2-2 two and two with a 3 ERA versus Tommy Henry. Tommy Henry here getting the start uh, after Madison Bumgarner was DFA'd. Yeah, and uh, you know, Henry is one of the many pitchers we saw up here towards the end of last season, and I didn't really see anything for him from him that I thought uh, was going to result in him becoming a legitimate rotation man, uh, at least on a good major league team. Uh, so I think the Diamondbacks have a chance to be a good major league team. I think the one thing that might be holding them back more than anything right now is the starting rotation and is uh, – we mentioned it's pretty much. Uh, yeah, I remember way back, and I wasn't even alive when this was actually going on. But in the uh, 50s, 
uh, when the uh, Milwaukee Brewers back in the day before they you know, they moved and uh, the Milwaukee Braves, excuse me, at that point before they moved to Atlanta, it was uh, you know the phrase was you know Spawn and Sane, which were their top two starting pitchers, and pray for rain, which was pretty much the the, uh, the motto for well we have a chance when Spawn and Sane are pitching, we don't have much of a chance when anybody else is pitching. And I'm not clever enough to come up with the exact gallon thing. But uh, when he's out there, you expect them to, to be good and have a really good chance to win the game. I don't know if anybody else they're throwing out there right now in the rotation, you feel very confident that they're going to win the game. As for the NL West standings, the Diamondbacks remain at top, but now tied with the Dodgers with a 12-11 and 11 record. Padres sitting at 12-12. and 12. Then you have the Giants at 8-13 and 13 and the Rockies at 6-17. and 17. When you look back to games from the weekend, the Blue Jays 5, Yankees 1, but Vladimir Guerrero Jr., he goes deep uh, on the season here. Batting 341, 13 RBIs, 5 home runs, 10 walks, and 10 strikeouts. Can he pitch? Uh, you know, they've had uh, – Manoa was good yesterday finally. I'm going to go back quickly to the NL West. Uh, this division sucks at the moment. I think that the Dodgers, they're getting healthier. Gonsolin's expected to be you know, pitching for the first time this season on Wednesday. And uh, San Diego, obviously, we saw them get healthy over the weekend with the return of Musgrove and, and Fernando Tatis. Uh, so that's good. But, you know, right now there's only, you know, only the Dodgers and the Diamondbacks are above 500, and they're one game above. And neither none of these teams are playing particularly well right now. In fact, none of them are above 500 in their last 10 games. Uh, then you also had from the weekend the Astros 5, Braves 2, and this was actually a sweep of the Braves by the Astro, uh, Astros. Christian Javier, six innings pitch, three hits, two runs, two walks, and ten strikeouts. The Braves are really missing their rotation guys. Well, I think they're actually missing their bullpen more than anything. Iglesias is uh, – you know they acquired last year uh, during the trade before the trade deadline, who was a tremendous setup guy for them last year. When Kenley Jansen was their closer, they allowed Jansen to leave in free agency with the belief that Iglesias would just step into the closer's role. He got hurt in spring training. AJ Minter has now been thrown into the uh, closer role with Iglesias out, uh, and uh, you know, he's been bad. Uh, he was okay for a while. He's been. Uh, he was you know, hit hard over the weekend a couple of times. You know, Jordan Alvarez got him yesterday again. I believe he got him on Friday night too. Uh, so the, the finishing games is now a problem for the Braves. Before you know, this, there was the you know, they, they they still haven't had their starting rotation intact, and that may not ha- happen for a little while. But uh, you know the the fact that the Astros have maybe figured things out. You know, their top of their lineup has not been good. Obviously, Altuve's out, and uh, yeah, Bregman is off to a not good start. Uh, so that's been a you know, kind of slowed them down, but they looked uh, better over the weekend, let's just say. And uh, we'll see what happens as far as that goes. And, you know, the Astros, uh, the thing that's most surprising about them is they've been a team, uh, you know, they've been amongst the you know, MLB leaders in putting the ball in play. Uh, for several years running, and their strikeout numbers are way up this season. And I don't think that's all just because of the absence of Altuve. 
Uh, you mentioned the Astros, and they're going up against your Rays. Uh, the Astros are sending out Jose Urquidy today. He's 1-1 one one with a 3.66 ERA. Taj Bradley for the Rays, he's 2-0 and with a 2.61 ERA. And Bradley's the top pitching prospect for the Rays, which you know should get your attention because they usually do a pretty good job developing pitchers. Unfortunately, they really need him you know, now with Jeffrey Springs out for the rest of this season and certainly for the start of next season with the Tommy John surgery from last week. And, uh, you know, the Springs was uh, – McClanahan's tremendous, but Springs was no worse than a good number two starter. So they need uh, Bradley to step up, and he's been okay so far. And uh, the Rays obviously uh, still undefeated at home. 13-0 and zero now, so uh, be uh, with the Astros playing well. It should be a fun series watching them play, I believe it's the next three days. Uh, that's what I thought it was, but we can, we can check, make sure that that's in fact correct. You have today, uh, you have tomorrow, and you have Wednesday. So, yes, three days. Yeah. All right. So that's good. I didn't know if it was uh, – we've got some of these short two-game series this year, but uh, – uh, but, you know, this is a, you know, there's, this is not an interleague series, so that's what most of those uh, two-game series, some of them are still uh, interleague play two games, but uh, with the unbalanced schedule or the balanced schedule, however the hell you're supposed to phrase this, I'm pretty confused how this schedule actually is working or not working for me, at least. I'm having a tough time figuring it out. Well, here's what we do now. The Diamondbacks are taking on the Kansas City Royals tonight at 640. And we will wrap up our number one of the Extra Point on the other side of this break on this Monday, April 24th. Bob Camp, Kayla Mortolaro with you. Your morning drive just got a little better. The Dan Patrick Show is live weekday morning starting at 6 exclusively on KDUS AM 1060. segment of Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Bob Camp, Kayla Mortolaro with you here and well Bob, the Zurich Classic in New Orleans they have a winner. Yeah, they, uh, they managed to make it through all the fun festivities of New Orleans to play some golf and Nick Hardy, Davis Riley, they are the victors, uh, the team. They shot 30 under par, and it for both of them, it ends up being their first PGA Tour titles. It was a two-shot win over Canadians Adam Hadwin and Nick Taylor. Nick Taylor's been playing some really good golf here this year. Uh, the odds-on favorites to win, Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantlay, they finished in a tie for fourth at 26 under par. Oddly enough... They played better in the harder format than they did in the easier format. The easier format being best ball, you play your own ball, take the best score. The harder format being alternate shot, 
They made hay uh, in round number two in the alternate shot format. But the best part here, our guys, Denny McCarthy, Joel Damon, they finished tied for 11th, so we cashed in in a top 20. The Fitzpatrick brothers, they struggled on Sunday, uh, but they came through with a birdie on the last hole to get themselves in a tie for 19th, so that was good enough to cash in as well. Our guys, Nikolai Hogard and Thorborn Olison struggled as well on Sunday. They outside of the top 20. The Mexico Open is this week. John Rahm, he's looking to defend his title. Crazy to think this event was Rahm's lone victory on tour last year. If there was ever a player, and if you were looking at his stats of how he didn't get enough out of his game, it was John Rahm last year with this being his only victory. But also kudos to him for the way that the PGA Tour has changed uh, you know, the, the structure this year with the elevated events and making them mandatory, etc. Of course, then him going and winning the Masters, not withdrawing from the RBC Heritage, and then also committing to this event that he played in last year as a defending champion uh, and not withdrawing or not coming back to defend his champ his championship so good for him tony fino is also in the field those are your top 15 ranked players so we'll see uh what the insane odds will be for for john rom what like probably plus 200 i'd have to think for him heading into this week so we'll figure out something to do for wednesday on the lpga tour you had the year's first major it's in the books leela vu topped angel yin in a playoff nelly Korda finished third Third, one shot out of the playoff. Now, Bob, this is the first year that this tournament was not played at Mission Hills in Palm Springs for the first time in like 50 plus years. It was over in Texas, in, in Woodlands, Texas. And in order to try to keep traditions alive where you jump into Poppy's Pond, they went ahead and they made like a little platform for the for the winner to jump into the pond. Uh, Lila Vu did end up jumping into the pond, but I would have been scared because there's apparently like alligators and snakes and they said that they put up this netting to try to keep the alligators and the snakes out. But I don't know if I would have trusted that netting. How about you? Not a chance in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Zero chance I'd think about that. Yeah, I'd need a major explanation before I go jumping in that thing. Uh, but anyway, congratulations to her for getting her first major and the LPGA Tour's first major of the season as well. Hour number two is coming up next. It's NFL Draft Talk as well.